Milky. And I'm Caddy, and this is Books, Cats, and Snacks. <laughs> X-nay on the snacks. I don't have a snack today. <laughs> Last time I was going hardcore on some Oreo cookies, but not this time around. Well, we're not allowed to eat, like, really crazy snacks right now, or at least I'm not. Yeah, I put a stop to that. So mm. I feel like you have, like, this like this banned snacks list for me. Because <laughs> I'm not allowed to eat snacks at the moment, you guys. <laughs> yep. So I'm, like, I'm literally, like, slapping it out of her hands and throwing it in the trash. <laughs> She is. Anyway, well, welcome to our midway check-in. Mm-hmm. We are currently reading Caddy's Pick, yep, which is Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. Okay, I'm only seventy pages in mm-hmm. this month for this. I'm pretty book. early on on this well. Yeah, and it's it's got me reacting a certain way that I'm really surprised. That's all I gotta say about that. Really surprised. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean the book has a really controversial event at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I'm just surprised the the events after what happens mm-hmm. so far. I mean, like I said, I'm only. It's like not the way I thought it was going to go. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. yeah. So I, we'll see you guys, got to tune in. I have a lot to say about it already. So our midway check in, Caddy and I each discuss a book uh, that we've been obsessed with on our own that we've been reading on our own. Before we get into them, though, we start with a cat story. My cat story. Uh, this week will be Creo-centric. Give a little <laughs> shout out to the Cree-Cree. Well, because it's been about Oreo a lot, because of her cone and her, mm-hmm. and her, her surgery. Cone, her surgery, her tumor. Yeah, um, so Cree-Cree's kind of just been chilling on her own, bothering Oreo any chance she gets. You know, her <laughs> usual Cree-Cree things. Um, no, just, just being like extra, I guess. <laughs> just wanting to lay on all my things. Like, I've been so used to Oreo like laying all over my stuff. Okay. And now that Creos is more in our bedroom a lot, a good amount of the time, like she lays on all my things, like my pillow, my blanket. It's just so funny seeing her do this because she doesn't really like me that much, I don't think. <laughs> so just seeing her on all my things, I'm just like. Well, like I said before, she's trying to to remind you that you're just, you know, an extra person in her daddy's life. Yes, <laughs> like, I am the other woman. Yeah, yes, so yes, very much. she's trying to make sure you remember that the room is for him and her. Yes, <laughs> pretty much. I'm just extra. I'm a I'm a fixture like the ceiling fan. Right. I'm just there. So there was a cute thing that, sh- that happened and I did send you a picture. It was just of Creos trying to steal my mama's hot dog the other <laughs> night. Guys, so she's cute. so ridiculous. So my mom's just sitting there in the living room, you know, eating her little hot dog, just chilling. And Creos is sitting in the chair, like directly across from her. And she's just like eyeing this hot dog, guys. Like as if we don't feed her. She's just like, <laughs> draw. and I don't know what it was about the hot dog, but Creos was all in. And it's funny because at first Chris didn't see it. And my mom didn't say anything because she thought it was funny. So she was like, let me see how this plays out. So Chris comes around the corner to see like, what are you doing? And Creos literally has an arm extended like she was trying to get the hot dog, but once she saw Chris, she's like, "Oh, the other arm came out as if she was going to stretch." Uh, so that faker. Going, oh, she's such a faker. So once that happened, she's just like, "Oh, I'm a stretching. I wasn't doing, not anything. doing anything. Not doing any food stealing or attempted food stealing." And I'm like, "Mm-hmm." <laughs> I'm at work, so I don't know what's going on. So they're telling me the story, and I'm like, "Cree, cree, really?" And she's like, "What? I don't know. I don't know what you mean." not mama that's what she means that's what that's what we joke about she calls me not mama (laughs) yeah because chris every time like in the morning when he gets ready for work i can hear like when he's leaving because he'll like turn off lights and stuff and i hear him go to creos and be like all right be a good girl be nice to mama 
every morning. <laughs> Guys, she is not a good girl. And no, she is not nice to me. So I make a joke that I am not like, not mama. That's that's my title. No, I think that she's actually getting, she loves me and she wants to get her scent all over my things because mm-hmm. she likes my smell. <laughs> I don't know if that's because I stink or because I smell nice. I'm not sure yet. We'll see. We'll see how it goes, guys, with the Creos. So that's a that's a cute story with the hot dog, though. And the stretch faker, <laughs> such a faker. Okay, so then we should go ahead and move on for check-in books. So just our usual disclaimer of spoiler alerts: we will be talking in depth about some of the some of the subject matter in our books, as well as any endings, any, any spoilers, yeah, any we're, twist turn. We're gonna turn, we're gonna say it all. U turn, any of that. It's gonna happen <laughs> in this book. Also, in my book, there will be really strong themes in my book: violence, subject matter, murder. Uh, yeah, murder, violence against children. That's a big one. So, if you guys are, you know, if you can't handle that right now, or that's just not your forte, great. You do you. Go ahead and listen to Oki, and if you want to turn it off right when I get to my story, you're more than welcome to. And I'm going to go ahead and let Oki go on. But if you guys want to know about books that we don't have spoilers for, Mm -hmm. it's usually our book shout-outs. Yeah. Because the book shout-outs are mini-sodes where Mm -hmm. we just kind of highlight a couple of books on our own, like Caddy Picks 2, I Pick 2. We just kind of talk a little bit about it. It's usually every other episode. Yeah. So when you guys listen to these check-ins or our book discussion, we actually say all the spoilers. We go pretty in-depth. All in the depth. twists. The check-ins so. aren't as in-depth as the book of the month, but yeah. we definitely do touch on some pretty important points. So, right. Starting with my book, I am doing a domestic thriller. And as most of you guys know, domestic thrillers, psychological thrillers, there's always twists and turns. And I'm definitely going to say all the all the surprises here. So the book that I'm focusing on today is called The Guilty Husband by Stephanie de Carolis. You can get this on Kindle Unlimited also, I think, on um, just the Kindle app. And I'm not sure if it's available through Libby and whatnot. The Guilty Husband. It's called The Guilty Husband. He always does it, doesn't he? (laughs) I want to make a comment later after Caddy talks about her book because we did not plan. No, we didn't plan this, guys. What what we were going to talk about. Whenever we do our check-ins, our book shout-outs, it's usually a surprise when we start recording. Mm -hmm. So it just so happened what I picked now and what Caddy picked. So you guys will see what I mean. Yeah, it has a theme. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. Without it trying to be a theme. And we honestly we didn't plan it. That's just how it works. We right. we rarely talk about other books because usually it's we talk about the discussion, like our big book discussion. Right, the monthly one. Because we're like, girl, have <laughs> you read to chapter two hundred? <laughs> you know, that's usually our yes, we're that we're that camp about it. So right. But anyway, so let's go back to the guilty husband. It is a short book, actually. It's 285 pages. Okay. It was published last year, March 19th, 2021. But the author, she also wrote another book called Deadly Little Lies. So it's, of course, another domestic thriller. Okay. But The Guilty Husband is her debut novel. Just real quick, I kind of went through, the like, down a rabbit hole what a domestic thriller is. Because, like, one of the popular ones is Verity by Colleen Hoover. There's a lot of Colleen Hoover fans. But she writes a lot, a lot of romance books also. Frida McFadden, she does a lot of domestic thrillers, too. What it is is domestic thrillers, they're a style of psychological thriller that focuses on interpersonal relationships. So, like Gone Girl. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like okay. kind of like Gone Girl. That's more like psychological, I would okay. say, versus domestic thriller. It's and- always like what I imagine is there's a husband, there's a wife, there's a couple kids. There's a knock at the door. Right. And then suddenly like they can't take like little Lucy to like her because to her concert at school because right. there's a package at the door and, you know, <laughs> we don't know where it came from. Like right. that's how or, I imagine. Or usually somebody from someone's past that they never thought mm-hmm. they would like, I didn't know that. You still, you're alive. That girl, April, that I had a taxi with in 99. <laughs> right. Now she's back. I don't know why. Right. But she's back. Somebody always has like a secret, <laughs> you know, either a secret identity or like what? So-and-so was married at one point and I never knew this, you know. Mm-hmm. Or it's always like a neighbor spying on another neighbor or, you know, something like that. Oh, a nosy neighbor. They're never like good news. They're never like, what's his face from Home Improvement? <laughs> uh, what's it? Wilson. That Wilson. gives you like advice and stuff. They're never like good neighbors. They're always like nosy neighbors. Well, otherwise it wouldn't be a thriller. I, I mean, I, I'm just saying, we need more helpful neighbors in these books, you know. But they'll know. probably end up being killed off anyways because they know too much. Like, you're too helpful. Get out of there. (laughs) Okay. So the book centers around a guy named Vince Taylor. Okay. So imagine he's the, he's kind of like Mark Zuckerberg. So he's like the CEO of this, this app, this company called Kids Tech. So very, very IT driven, like very techy, very rich. He's married to a woman, of course, who's gorgeous and beautiful. Mm Mm-hmm. Named Nicole Taylor, and Nicole the since they have they're like super mega rich. She has like a yoga studio, uh, like at their house, and she teaches yoga classes. Just very typical. It's like what everybody has on their storyboard, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I'm gonna say this though: a lot of domestic thrillers are kind of. It is a lot of like cliche moments, mm-hmm. but this author, I think she she wrote it pretty well. It was fun to read, but mm-hmm. there were a lot of cliche moments. Yeah. And honestly, I kind of guessed the twist near toward the beginning already. But I still wanted to talk about it because it was kind of fun. It's interesting. I mean, we're talking about it for a reason. So it is a good genre. Right. And am I going to read it? Yes, I am. (laughs) So there's an intern. Her name is Layla Bosch. She was murdered. Her body was found. And Vince Taylor, the, the main CEO guy, he's being investigated by dun 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 a detective her name is Allison Barnes but so of course there's a detective it's it's very formulaic you know mm-hmm. there's the there's the wife who's innocent and does yoga I already have there's, my hands on my hips guys already I'm like <laughs> hmm. there's a husband who's all very powerful and so rich and there's like the the intern who's always wearing skimpy clothes, of course. Oh, she's a pretty intern. All interns are pretty. <laughs> and then out. there's a detective who just like, I know, I know Vince is, is guilty, but how do I connect them to? So of course Vince is just like, um, yes, I was sleeping with the intern. I am guilty of that, but I don't know who killed her. I have no idea. I have no idea what's going on. And of course, one of his BFFs is an attorney who helps Vince? And he and he wonders, is my friend attorney, his name is Jeff, is he jealous of me? Is he does he have a crush on my wife who's I who I imagine is always in yoga pants at oh, all times? Lululemon is you like know, a lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. Guys, I am kind of 
mocking this a little bit, but like I said before, I did have a lot of fun reading yeah. it. Because the writing itself, the wording itself, she actually did a pretty good job. The pacing was pretty good job. Even though the storyline was very kind of basic a little bit, what I enjoyed was the fact that you also get Layla, the intern side of the story, and okay. she's but she's not like that innocent intern. She's she's one of those like I'm gonna pretend to be this person because I want to be rich. I'm gonna try to get into Vince's you know pants. Yep. So it's a lot of fun actually. It's a oh, lot of bouncing so back she and forth. Pulled Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> Got it. No, don't say that. Just joking. I love Monica. <laughs> I do too. I mean, she knew what she was doing. Like. <laughs> so The Guilty Husband has really short chapters. It's a quick pace kind of book. It was a fun, easy read. It's pretty predictable. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. So should I say what happened to the intern? You better. Because I want to know what happened. Okay. I truly want to know. I'm into it. Like I said, I tease these things. And a lot of times we put put these labels on these characters so i can picture in my head what more or less what they look like so i can it helps me move along the story right so that's why i'm like oh she's a lululemon wearer so i know in my head oh i know what i'm picturing this tall beautiful woman whose body is like that's not real but yeah it is kind of woman you Uh know so okay so i picture so imagine this though so i'm gonna tell you now if you don't want to know more into this book please Skip ahead a little bit here. Skip ahead like a minute or two. Yeah. Because I'm about to tell like the, the twist ending here. Yeah. Caddy is is ready for it. I'm on this ride and I'm going for it. <laughs> but before that, just a little bit for that, I want to say, so every character in this book, the author does like a like a positive and a negative, like a, like the good character and bad character. Okay. Like the CEO guy, Vince, like he, he wants to be a devoted husband He's really serious about his work. He loves his wife so much, and he feels so guilty that he cheated on her. You know, and then there's a the good and a bad. And then also with the the best friend, the attorney, the good and the bad. You know, that's my friend. Well, it's, but they're showing these characters are yeah. two-dimensional. Like, they're, they have and, flaws. They're human. Right. And also mm-hmm. the detective. And also Layla. I really like Wonderful. Layla's character, even though she was, she was like a... Like a gold digger type oh. girl, but I really liked her character. I, she I don't know goals. why. She was she, she was, was pretty boss. pretty honest. Like this is what I want. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying that like condone that's a, it. <laughs> that's, not saying we condone it. People were just like, all right, well, right. But then the it's whole <laughs> the whole entire book, Vince is like, but I didn't do it. Like I get it. I cheated with the intern. Like, but I didn't do it. And you believe him, though. Ugh. You get to read everyone's, like, good and bad sides. But the only one that you don't is the wife. Throughout the whole entire book, you don't you don't get her her side story, like, her, her little spotlight. Mm-hmm. And it's always Vince just saying, like, I feel so bad. And she's crying all the time. And she's so betrayed. And I've done everything I can to try to convince her that I didn't do it. Or, you know, or she's just so hurt. And I'm like... This woman is not, she is not the little meek little sheep. She's not fragile, no. Yep. So guess who did it? Yes, the you wife, know. yeah. <laughs> of course it was. So it was a little bit predictable because of the way the character layout was. That's how I felt. Because like, the minute he talks about like, oh, she's she's so hurt and I, I have to come straight to her and tell her this is what happened, but I didn't do it. 
And she just kind of goes along with the ride a little bit and she doesn't say much. And I'm like, there's something going on with her. There's yeah, no way that she's already having an affair. She's checked out something or so, yeah. yeah, because the book turns to finally from her point of view, because you mm-hmm. don't see her point of view at all until the very end. And okay. she's like, I knew he was cheating. Yeah. Like, why would I not know I'm the wife? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was just a little bit predictable, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. So that was The Guilty Husband by Stephanie DeCarolis. Okay. And I'm sorry if I ruined the book on, to some of you guys that I gave you the twist ending already. But, I mean, I are, mean you, are you surprised? <laughs> I mildly am. So I, I thought that it was going to be him and he's pulling a fucking charade the whole right. time. That's usually how it goes. And they're like, oh, I yeah. was hoping. I was hoping maybe that. Maybe it was a lawyer. I thought the lawyer part would be a little bit convenient, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I was hoping like maybe he did do something or mm-hmm. some, you know, not that I, or maybe like O-Girl I said, not that I condone it. It's just a story. Or maybe guys. O-Girl killed herself. Like who knows? Or I was thinking kind of Gone Girl style. Like she didn't really, like maybe it wasn't her body or something. Something, something yeah. Like a, a yeah. different twist. But mm-hmm. there's so many outcomes that can come of it. So yeah, it's predictable. But at the same time, it's not yeah predictable if it was a formula yes yeah but at the same time like we just stated about five different outcomings of this right so i mean we we welcome it because that's why we like reading these type Mm -hmm. of books i don't mind reading it i like it i dig it (laughs) and i like to play a little game in my head being like "Ooh, it was her (laughs) no maybe it wasn't just like with the last book hidden pictures we kept going back and forth right yeah what was what what's the end goal here like what happened like I must have gone through like eight eight different endings. Like, okay, maybe it happened this way. Maybe it happened that way. No, they're not sacrificing her. <laughs> and <Hey>. then <laughs> I liked my theory. Okay? <laughs> I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. There's a book out there that's like that, I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay, so for our check-ins, we usually do a little fun fact or trivia. Okay. So I'm going to do a little something that... This is just a guessing game. Okay. Okay, so first of all, a lot of these domestic thrillers have really fun titles, and mm-hmm. it always has the word husband or wife or girlfriend. There's always, like, the girl next door, the girlfriend upstairs, the wife upstairs, the wife in the backyard, the husband upstairs, the husband in a car. There's <laughs> always something like that. I'm, I'm, okay, sorry if I'm, I'm sorry if I'm being mean. But after a while, I was like, my there's a lot of this. is the wife in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he in the car? I don't know. Okay. But I he's love these titles. Store, he's going to run some errands. What's he going to do? Hey, I'm not dissing them, you guys. I love these titles. Is he going to Home Depot because she's in the backyard? Like, what? <laughs> what's going on here? Okay, so I'm going to say a title. Our game today from me. Okay. You're either going to say it's a Lifetime movie. We've done something similar to this. Okay. Or is it a domestic thriller title? Okay. Ooh. And a lot of domestic thrillers I become love, a Lifetime movie. I, I get it. love me a good Lifetime but, movie. Yes. But you're going to choose okay. either it's Lifetime movie or a title of domestic thriller. Okay. Okay. I do. The first one. My Father Must Die. A Lifetime movie title or a book it's awfully angsty um i'm gonna go with lifetime movie correct it is yes it is okay don't make fun of me in this one i say this i don't think you'll know the answer immediately but the title is the other wife the other wife yes (laughs) (laughs) uh i'm gonna go with book title book title thank you it's the other wife by claire mcgowan claire okay Okay, so the next one. 
after the wedding. <laughs> it's either a lifetime movie or a book or a domestic thriller. I'm going to go with book. Correct? Yes. Correct. Is it's... that a hit on me? Was that a hit on me? <laughs> I feel like it was. After the Wedding by Laura Elliott. Okay. All right. Next one. Fatal Honeymoon. <laughs> lifetime movie. It's a lifetime movie. Yes. Yes. Okay. We have a couple more. Okay. Waking Up to Danger. Wow. That sounds like a 1940s, like, Cary Grant, like, noir movie. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Waking Up to Danger. Say, that's what it sounds like <laughs> to me. I'm going to say book. It's a lifetime movie. It's a lifetime movie. Dang. Okay. I really want to see it. Just because of that name alone. Yeah. No, I think of like, you know, the Julia Roberts movie, Sleeping, was it Sleeping with the Enemy? Oh. Yeah. So I, I like that of, movie. That movie is so good. <laughs> Oof, that man. Okay. okay. The Night You Left. Book. It's a book. The book is The Night You Left by Emma Curtis. Okay. Okay. Very last one. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a few. Actually, there's two more. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Drink, Slay, Love. <laughs> drink slay love is this right. a christmas movie no. it should be hallmark <laughs> it's, oh, it's a lifetime movie it's a lifetime movie but it's okay. not a christmas movie oh it's not a christmas movie okay no. <laughs> okay because it sounded like slay love like seriously hallmark get on that if y'all haven't made one already because i'm gonna ask my mom because she's she loves hallmark anything okay last but not least all right newlywed and dead i'm gonna say book it's not. It's not. It's oh, a lifetime movie. Damn. I was going to say, it sounds like one of my cozy mysteries, Newly Wed and Dead. Oh, that's true. But it does sound like That it. sounds like one of mine. Yeah, fair enough. Fair okay. Enough. Which, so, which are just as cheesy and ridiculous. So, But so good. But so good. God, I love them. It's like the chocolate lover's mystery. Number <laughs> six. <laughs> Newly Wed and Dead. And there's always a cat in the on the cover. Yes, there's a cat because it's very necessary. Every time. <laughs> yes. Okay, so your turn on the check-in. Oh, goodness. Okay, so my book this time, guys, is pretty heavy. So I went really heavy a couple weeks ago with the book, and this one's similar to it. Oh, man. Yeah, it's it's another true crime book. It's another nonfiction book. So it's the total opposite of my tones? It's got the same subject matter. Yeah. Yeah, but just a different tone with it. What yours is fiction. It's like, oh, that's fun. But then you read this, and you're like, oh, no, that's not fun. Yeah. So my book is called The Perfect Father. By John Glatt, actual title is The Perfect Father, The True Story of Chris Watts, His All-American Family, and A Shocking Murder. That is a heavy subject. That is a heavy subject matter. So with this one, guys, just another disclaimer. This is going to deal with violence, language, violence against children especially. So if you aren't comfortable with that, this is the time where you want to turn off the episode, listen to the next one that comes up, or maybe you want to re-listen to a different one. I'm not going to go too much in depth with details because it makes my stomach turn, but I am going to give an overview of pretty basic overview of what happened because I do want to get to the bones of the book because the book itself was great. So the book was published July 21st of 2020. It's 304 pages and it chronicles the life before, the life during, and the life and the aftermath of the crime that occurred. The crime revolves around a a family, the Watts family, mm-hmm. and they at the time they were living in Frederick, Colorado. The events that led the murder and the events after were around August 13th, 2018. Is okay. The, four years the, ago. Four years ago, which is the date of when everything kind of started setting into motion of what happened. So they were a typical American family. There was mom, Shanann. There was father, Chris Watts. They had two daughters, Bella and uh, Celeste, who they affectionately called CC. And um, Shanann was currently pregnant with a son named, that they were going to name Nico. Oh, oh, she was about okay. 
five, six months pregnant at the time. One of the main things about this crime and about, because there's been documentaries, there's been so many things about it. So Podcast episodes. Podcast episodes. I mean, if you guys haven't heard about this case, then, I mean, it's, it's pretty well known. If you haven't, Google it, you'll find pretty much everything you need to know there. The reason this case is so... I think just embedded in our brains and because number one, it is fairly current, fairly current right. to our times. Number two, it's documented so well, like you can actually see it in real time. Not necessarily the crime happening, but how it the chronicle, like the timeline of it. Because mm-hmm. Shanann was such a heavy social media presence. Right. You she got did a lot of videos. She did right? a lot of videos. And uploaded them. And with uploaded her kids. them. So you got to see her speaking. You get to see the Chris speaking. You get to see the the girls speaking. All of the a timeline of their family events, going to the beach, birthday parties. You see everything about them. They're they're there. And it's not like, you know, versus other crimes or other times where it's like just pictures. There's no movement. You can't hear their voice. You can't see what's going on. After the crime itself, you'll see body cam footage, police cam footage of the investigation. You see the interrogation in real time. You see all, mostly everything in real time. And I think this is one of the first big cases that that happened. Like you got to see everything was just so documented. The Netflix documentary does a good job because pretty much everything, the whole documentary is essentially all those things. It's pieces that happened, you know, their family time, the murder, the aftermath of it. So with that, I'm just going to start with the book itself was very well researched. It's a comprehensive overview of both of them. It's it starts off with Shanann and Chris when they first met. They first met, I believe, in 2006. Okay. Okay. So they were originally from uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. They met through like mutual friends, like somebody they Facebook. I think he friended her and she's like, all right, I'll never deal with it. But you know, they went on a couple of dates. And at the time, Shanann was dealing really heavily with her lupus. Okay. And it's, you know, it's an autoimmune disease. So she just was kind of feeling sick all the time. And she talks about how she she wasn't really looking for a relationship. She wasn't really going for it. And she talks about, in, in a lot of her videos, you'll see it where she talks about how she really wasn't, she tortured Chris. Like she made him go to all her doctor's appointments. And the fact that he was so nurturing and caring, that made her fall in love with him. And she knew that this was the man for her. Okay. And a lot of people talk about how Chris was so devoted to her. He cared for her so much. He took care of her. They were just a great couple together. And she was an extreme extrovert. She was very bubbly, very shiny, very happy, just in, you know, she was just on all the time. She was a go-getter. She was ambitious. Chris, on the other hand, was an extreme introvert, kind of a shy, awkward dude. When you first met him, he wasn't really forthcoming with things. He didn't really go out much. And it wasn't until he met her that it his that he really started going out, you know, kind of becoming friends with her friends, you know, kind of coming out of a shell in a okay. sense yeah. with her. And he was very close with his family, especially his father, Ronnie. And you'll see later on how that plays out, that he's best friends. That's his best friend. That's who he confides in. They love NASCAR together. There was always like a tumultuous situation in their relationship, but you would never know because of their on persona, their persona on social media never showed any of that. But there was always little things that happened in their marriage, just like anybody else's marriage. Yeah, it seems so like a typical marriage at this point. It it seems so picture perfect on screen, like everyone wants to be you, but at the same time, there was obstacles or was problems in their marriage and you don't know that you don't know anything about that until of course when everything happens which in actuality makes it more sound more plausible as a real marriage because they had 
issues they have things right. going on with I them. always feel like there's a fine line between there's no reason to air out dirty laundry mm-hmm. you know you have an argument with your husband boyfriend whatnot doesn't mean that you need to play it all out yeah in social media there's that fine line and then there's the one where where you want people to think it's all amazing and beautiful when in reality it's not like mm-hmm. there's like what's the what's your need to show that mm-hmm. I'm not sure between Chris and Shannon, like what what side they, they definitely were lean them. more towards the perf- picture perfect situation because right. she never disclosed any of the personal stuff. I mean, right. she would discuss it with her friends every now and then, but right. nothing to like an extreme. Like she would post about yeah. it or anything. I, yeah. I see both sides. I right. see both sides. So they at, at the very beginning of their relationship, their courtship, they their families didn't like each other. Their parents didn't really get along. There was an issue of debt early on in their. During their marriage, I think several grand in debt at some point, several hundreds of grand in debt oh at one gosh, point. I don't, I don't remember the exact number. I want to say it's 450 grand, but I'm not 100% sure between. But that was also like late mortgage payments. That was credit cards. Right. That was different things that they had. And they had to actually file for bankruptcy at one point. It, the interesting part was that Chris didn't know that they were that much in debt. Oh, yeah. Okay. He was like, oh, well, she handled the finances. I didn't realize we were this much in debt. And I'm like... Oh, you would have okay. had to have known, you know, based like well, I mean, you're spending X amount and this is going on. There's like, you know, there's a lot of credit cards. Like you have right. to kind of know. I, I I don't know. Maybe, you know, what they had going on, I don't know. I couldn't say. Right. I'm just telling you what I read in the book. Because of her lupus, she wasn't sure if she was going to be able to conceive, I guess, naturally is the correct okay. word for it. So she was scared that she always had to do different treatments for it. Um, and she wanted children. Like she was one of those, like I'm born, I want to be a mother, like. Being a mother is the most important thing to me. And, you know, they did end up having two beautiful daughters and one son on the way, which is great. And she was a very devoted mother. She was one of those, like, she knew everything about her kids. Play date, plans things. Doctor appointments. Doctor's appointments. One of the little girls had a really bad, well, actually both of them, they had some, some breathing issues. So she was on top of that. Cece was had a really bad nut allergy. She was on top of that EpiPen. She went to classes. She knew exactly what to do, what to look for when you read labels. Like she was a very hands-on mom. She really cared for her children. Chris, of course, he did care for the girls. You could see it in the videos. Like he was a he was a hands-on dad too. Like he he spoke about how he wanted to be there for his children and you know, he wanted to be in the moment. He wanted to have time, his own time with them. And Oki's already making faces because, you know, it's she knows so the story. It's so weird to hear that, And um, considering yeah. what happened. Exactly. People always spoke about their relationship like it was so perfect. And they always said that Shanann was bossy. They always felt like, why does she boss him around so much? And it's like, unless you know their relationship wholeheartedly right, from right. both sides. Like you their dynamics. You know, as introverted as he is, I can see him kind of like looking to her to like, what are we doing here? Like, he doesn't seem like the type of guy that would have just thought of certain things. Right. You know what I mean? I, I could see it. I could see both. I could see both sides on this. Right. I'm not trying to stick up for anyone. No, but there's no. times like with Justin and I, there's mm-hmm. times where I make the the decisions because to, to, to move things along, mm-hmm. you know, and then there's times where you step back and he makes right. the decisions. That's just dynamics yeah. of a, of a and, couple. Mm-hmm. You know, again, we, we don't know. They're not here to tell us their tale. We can't say, right. but just seeing from what friends and family thought looking on the right. inside. So we progress a little bit further along. I guess a good amount of their debt was dismissed. They had to take some classes in order to do so. So they were getting on the right track at this point. And it was really interesting because just, yes, they had debt. Yes, there was issues with their parents. And 
They had, their, you know, their two girls, but there was nothing. He never really said anything. There was a common theme. Like he was never really outwardly opinionated about anything. Like he never brought anything up. He's just, on just auto of, drive. Yeah. Like auto. Yeah. Like on you autopilot kind of yeah. sense about it. Like if I'm going to keep doing this and you haven't told me yet, hey, oh, like during the podcast, Caddy, I don't like it when you shuffle your paper, but you never tell me this. Right. You know, you kind of have to tell me because I don't know. Like, and especially... If you don't, if there's no cues for you, I'm going to keep doing it. All right. You know what I Cause, mean? Because you think it's going along just fine. Yeah. So we're going to fast forward a little bit and we're going to get more towards the time of the crime. The crime. So we're going to go to summer of 2018. At this point, Shanann's going to go to North Carolina for to spend six weeks. Her two girls are going to go with her and they're going to go to North Carolina and she wants to spend some time with her family. She hasn't really spent a good amount of time with her family in a while since they lived in Colorado. And see Chris's family. That was also on the agenda. Like she wanted Chris's parents to see the girls since it, it doesn't, it's not like they can just hop in the car and, and the go see The girls are him. young. Yeah, they're right? like, at this point, they're like four and three. Okay, they're little yeah. little babies. They're cute little babies. The, the strain of the bankruptcy and the strain of the debt was kind of getting to them. So they were like, maybe this little time apart will kind of help us clear our minds. But on the other hand, one person was very much still in this. The other person was kind of had one foot out the door. So Chris begins a affair with the fellow co-worker, Nicole Kessinger. Ugh. Yeah. He begins <laughs> having an affair. And it's it's really interesting because this affair, from what I read in the timeline in the book, it's only like it's about a month and a half, maybe two months right. worth of an affair when he's ready to just be like, deuces, I'm out. And I think that's the part that gets everyone like, this happens so quickly. Right. Like it's it makes your stomach churn that it just... Like, it makes you think things. Like, this happened all in, like, two months period, like, a two-month period of time. Because I think she went, like, late June or something, I want to say, when she left. And she didn't come back until, like, early August. So he begins this affair with her, and they begin sleeping together. He's spending more of his time with her than ever. Like, any moment he can steal away from her, he's being with her. And he's starting to ignore Shanann's phone calls, her text, any of that stuff. And he's never been like this before. He's never been the type to just radio silence her at all he's again remember guys he's very devoted to her he's always like pretty much for lack of a better phrase been up her ass a lot right. you know giving her hugs touching on her kissing on her he's very handsy with her and the fact that he's just like ignoring her completely this immediately sets off alarms in her right. head because she's like he's this is a complete 180 like what what is going on right like something something's not right any like, any woman girlfriend wife would, you're gonna start to notice see, like a major dent in your pattern. Yeah. Like if all of a sudden I like staying out later yeah, or like if Chris has like some sudden plans with, you know, yeah, whoever Chris that, all of a sudden um, wanted to listen to EDM music and stay out late. I'm gonna be like, what the <laughs> F you don't want to be at home, like on the couch asleep. What? Like it would completely throw me. It's going to throw you off when it's that much of a character shift. Right. And that's what began happening. And so he just starts to ignore more and more of her calls. That's where their issues start to arise. Where she starts to bring up, why don't you want to talk to me? At least talk to your girls. If you don't want to talk to me, at least talk to the girls. Like, what is going right. on? You have two daughters. Yeah, and he's at this, and he's over here on this side in Colorado with Nikki, and he's professing his love for her. He wants to marry her. He wants to do all these things. Like he's he's done. And at the same time, he keeps telling her that he's done in the relationship. Once she gets back from 
her trip like we're gonna get a divorce and we've already wanted to put the house up for sale like it's it's a done deal pretty much in this the situation so same old song and dance yeah. that you hear a lot yeah. that's what you're gonna hear a lot of in the story like a lot of people when they hear this are like oh a family this annihilator is so story this is so typical like of right. course he wants he's shacking up but with his, his crime is a whole nother level yeah he's continuing on this relationship with nikki and telling her all these nicole telling her that he's gonna leave his wife and he, he loves her and she's you know she's believing into it you can but tell. she knew he was married she, she knew he was married she said at first that she didn't know but then later on investigators did find that there was evidence to suggest that she did know oh, like yeah. she would check their facebook and since shenan was so heavily on social media yeah that's when they're like oh you had to have known girl there's no way you didn't know and i mean mind you shenan's even posting up like videos of the girls singing how much they love their daddy Oh like gosh. you had to have known right. she may have not she may have not known that she was currently pregnant right, that may yeah. be something she didn't know about but she must have known about that he was married and he had two kids he did tell her he had two children and she was kind of uneasy about it she says but she had to have known that he was married it wasn't like a big shock to her when this all went down that he was married right no she knew and, uh, another thing i didn't address i'm sorry was that the reason shanann was so Big on social media is that she had a uh, she was like a product promoter for an MLM entitled Lavelle. It's it's a healthy food, healthy supplements, patches, okay. smoothies types. You know, like weight loss, like weight loss and better life. Like once you lose weight and you get energetic, your life's going to be much better. So she was constantly promoting, yeah. and it was helping. And she got into it because she started taking it to help her feel better with her lupus, and it was helping her. So she wanted to promote it that, hey, it's it's making me great. It's making us great. And Chris, at one point, when he was taking this from the time that they were married to the time that this crime happened, he lost like 70 pounds. Oh, wow. He lost a good amount of weight. I yeah, didn't I didn't know that. that. I didn't realize that he was a much bigger guy before because you only right. ever see him as a fit dude. Right. And he was a big promoter of this product, too. He would like wear the patches, the shakes, the whole thing. So they were very much about this lifestyle. And that's what they were putting up on Facebook of their lifestyle of, look how great our life is. We take these products. My lupus is great. Chris is dropping weight like crazy. This is, you know, this stuff is miracle. This is a godsend. My life is so much better now that I'm doing A, B, and C. Gotcha. And she was like a top seller, too. Like she, she was one of those, I like, got a company car. Oh, wow. She was, yeah, she was I didn't realize this company was that big. Yeah, it's, it's huge. She got a, a company car. She got a nice company car. She was also sent on a lot of trips. They would always go on trips together, like business trips, quote-unquote business trips. But like trees, they would go to like Mexico. I think they went to Las Vegas at one point. They went to San Diego at one point. She was in Arizona at one point. Like she always was doing something. So she was killing it. Like she was, she was a go-getter. She was always ambitious she was always doing something and if this formula is working for her she's going to continue to do it because a it brings in money they're in debt she's going to put in more money she's going to do what she needs to do in order to secure for her family it may not be the the job that everyone wants or everyone necessarily understands but that was what she did chris was going to actually fly to north carolina to join shanann in to see with his parents and everything that happened and while before he came to join her Shannon and Chris's parents had a really big blowout over what I could gather was there was ice cream at the party that I wasn't sure if the ice cream contained nuts or if it just said there was a label that said was made in a manufacturer that has nuts. And there was a big fight because Shannon claimed that the parents were being really irresponsible bringing this to the party and they didn't understand. They just thought she was being dramatic and ridiculous. And there was a big, big fight. 
And that was a cause of contention between her and Chris because Chris, Chris felt like you're just alienating my parents and being really bad. And you're posting all these things on Facebook about they're terrible people. <gasps> yeah. And Shanann was just like, well, well, at least I'm doing something. You're not doing anything. You're not standing up to your parents. They try to kill your daughter. I don't know what the situation was. Again, I wasn't there. Sounds like it got nasty. It got pretty bad. So it was to the point where they just wanted to cut off communication with each other from then on. They never had a really good relationship. So when this happened, it was just like done. So Chris, I think in his own head, he kind of used this as fuel of, I'm not going to talk to you because I'm going to use this as an excuse not to talk to you so I can go and do whatever I want to do with this new young woman. That's what Shanann thought a lot of the, a good bulk of the time was why he didn't want to talk to her because she's like, because they had the fight about the parents. I thought she was kind of suspicious that he was cheating on her, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, that nut gate, that's what they call it in the book was nut gate. (laughs) So he goes to North Carolina to see her and she and he doesn't he doesn't kiss her. He doesn't want to have sex with her. He doesn't want to really talk to her very much. They're talking to each other through text messages because they're in constant fights with each other. They, they're not even talking to each other anymore. He's playing with the girls, but he's not really that much involved with them. Right. He's kind of dis- yeah. distancing and, and not being around with her. They're not sleeping in the same bed. And she's like, definitely something's wrong. It's more than just my fight with his parents. Like I fought with his parents before and we haven't talked to them. It was nothing like this. It's something else. Something else is going on. And she just, she's like, it might be another woman, but I don't think he has it in him. I really don't think he has it in him. Because he's such a shy guy or whatever. Oh, that's how she sees him. Sees him. Okay. She's, you know, texting her friends constantly. Like, I'm really, really worried. I'm really, something's going on. I just can't, my marriage is falling apart. She's not eating. And it's, she feels like it's really starting to, you know, mind you, she's pregnant at this point. Like she doesn't really, she doesn't need the stress. So the family flies back to Colorado and they fly back to Colorado fairly I want to say maybe a few days before the 13th, you know, they're fighting again and the neighbors are saying they're having screaming matches like outside, like they can hear it, you know, even though they're a couple that never fought. And she's like, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm maybe I am being controlling and manipulative to you and I'm sorry. So she has a business trip in Arizona and she's going to be gone. So she leaves. And I want to say this is like the 10th or the 11th of August. So she leaves to go to Arizona for a work trip. He's going to take care of the girls. She writes in this beautiful letter that like she really, it's so sad when you read it. She really poured her heart out into the letter. She's like, I'm so sorry that we're going through this rough patch. Please tell me what I'm doing wrong. Like, just let me know. You have to meet me halfway. I'm willing to work with this. I'm willing to do this. We have a family. I don't want to lose you for over miscommunication or my actions. I'm sorry. Like, I miss you so much. I just want you to love me. When Once you read it, it really breaks your heart. It made me cry. But just her just pouring it all out for him. And he, like, dismisses it. He just, like, no, I'm, I'm over it. And she even, like, sends him a link. Like, she sends him a... She was going to read a marriage book on her Kindle while she was on her business trip. He was supposed to read the book and they were going to talk about it and really work on their marriage. And he threw it out. He was like, no, I'm over it. He was well, done. Because he was already He's out the one door. foot out the door. He's, yeah. he's done with this. She really did try. She really tried. And he never told her what was wrong. Like, that was the whole thing during this thing. He, like, he never says, like, I'm tired of you belittling me in front of the girls. I'm tired of you controlling me. I'm tired of you always putting things on social media. Like, I'm sick of it. He never expressed what he was feeling. We don't know if he was feeling that. He may have not been. But I'm thinking more or less as what he's feeling because he's made odd comments. But at the same, but you need to tell them. You need to say something. Don't be a coward about it. She goes on the business trip. It doesn't go very well. Her friend, one of her main friends, Nicole Atkins, actually 
is really worried about her because she's not really eating, not really drinking, and she's and she's, she's concerned, pregnant. and she's yeah. pregnant. Like, you need to keep your spirits up, babe. That Monday, the August 13th, she had a, a doctor's appointment. And from what we learned in this book and from what we know about her, she's very, she's very on top of being her doctor's appointments, especially if it has to deal with the pregnancy. So August of the, thir- the 13th, she returns home. It's like 2 a.m. because she's mm-hmm. running in late I from that, that appointment. And it's a very infamous picture or video you guys will see if you go on YouTube or anywhere. The documentary, it shows like her getting out of a car, her walking to the front door, and it just pans out. Mm-hmm. Because at, at, at this after this part, we don't really know what happens because we don't have Shanann's word to take from it. We just have what Chris tells us. I'm going to pause there and I'm just I'm going to tell you a little bit more about what happened in that period of time a little bit later on. Okay, so we're going to jump to August 13th later that day. Her friends are trying to get a hold of her because remember, Shanann's always on her phone. She's always posting. She's one of those folks. She'll never be without her phone. Her friend, Nicole Atkins, is really Atkins is really concerned about her and she won't answer her calls and she tries to talk to Chris and Chris gives her some BS about her taking the girls on a play date and she's like wait what no she had a doctor's appointment what are you talking about All right. she would take the girls on a play date what so she goes to the house to go look for her and i'm telling you guys i want this friend so you better <laughs> come and look for me at my house if i'm not answering my phone she was like she is something's she was, wrong something's wrong like she felt it immediately and she acted on it a lot of us wouldn't immediately act on it no she went there and because of this woman is the reason why things happen so quickly had it not been for this woman to make that first step, I think it would have. I think it would have been eventually figured out, but it would have taken a lot longer. Some evidence would have been lost in this case, but because of her tenacity, things got done quickly. This book is beautiful, wonderful. She had good friends, and this goes to show you that she was a truly wonderful person. Later on, she's her reputation is going to be dragged through the mud. If your friends are willing to do this for you, right? This is some. You are great fucking person people aren't going to stick out their necks like this for a piece of shit person all right she was truly a great woman like i said the press is not going to be nice later on and i'm going to tell you why she gets to the house um she calls the cops i need a wellness check she's not feeling very well she's been really weird this weekend i'm not sure if she maybe she fell down the stairs maybe Mm -hmm. the girls are in their rooms and they can't come down like we don't know what's going on chris shows up later gives a tour of the of the house to look for her they find clues that she's not there and that's when the crime slowly starts to unravel. unravel. And you'll see all of this in the documentary. You'll see this all on YouTube. You'll see the whole thing. It's police camp footage of them walking through the house looking for things. So now there's a search for Shannon and the girls. Chris doesn't know anything, of course. He says, "I last time I talked to her, she was going to a play date. I don't know what to tell you. I went to work. All right. All right. But there's a very interesting part in the book that talks about when his neighbor... The police are looking and the police are knocking on neighbor's doors and neighbors like, hey, I have some footage on my camera. Like it shows to like the front of their house. Like maybe they caught something. Why don't you guys come and look at my camera? And Chris is just like, you can just see his face. Like if you guys were into this video, you know nothing about this case. The moment that you see that face that he has in that video, you know, Mm -hmm. you immediately know it's a dead giveaway. And even the neighbor's reaction after the fact just telling you that Chris's behavior is so unusual and suspicious, that gives it away as well. Because he's such an emotionless person, he doesn't know how to act in these situations. And it was just a dead giveaway after that. All the right. interaction with the neighbor, there was a, there's a really creepy like interview with newscasters that they talk about. And it's really bad. You guys watch it. It's I'm not going to show it on here. I'm not going to talk about it. It's just really cringy. Gives it away again. And so finally, police are just like, some, he had something to do with this. This is really suspicious they bring him in for interrogation and he has two of the fbi and cbi or 
CBI, CBI. It's like the Colorado Bureau of Investigations, like the state police, um, giving him a lie detector test, which he fails. The FBI, of course, they bring him in. They're like, "All right, man, we know you failed the test." All right. And so he just breaks, tell us, yeah, just tell us. He breaks down and tells him he had an affair. I'm guilty of having an affair. There's a tie in tears. I'm guilty right. of the affair. The guilty so husband. He admits that he had an affair, but he's not guilty of harming his family. And the police are like, they don't know where they are right now. They do not know where they are. You know, they, they, don't they have know. no idea. They yeah. they need his at this point. Yeah, yeah. They have a ton of circumstantial circumstantial evidence, but nothing concrete. He can't take the heat anymore. And there's a point in the last interrogation where the female detective is like, they they do a way of questioning him, interrogating him, that shines a really, for lack of a better phrase, shitty light on Shanann, and just kind of like throwing her under the bus. In a way. So maybe it will trigger something. Maybe it'll trigger something. Oh, well, like I think he was like, Well, you you can't you can't order a steak at a restaurant, but she can just spend all your money on this, that, and the other. Right. Just showing it's her a an, tactic. It's a tactic. And the investigator, again, she says, Did Shanann hurt the girls? Did Shanann do something to the girls? And he says, Uh, no, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I need to talk to my father. I need to talk. Like he wanted to talk to his dad in the book, and you'll see it on any any interrogation fo- video that you see on YouTube. His dad commends and he conven- he confesses to his dad that Shanann hurt the girls and he hurt Shanann in retaliation. So the police arrest him. They arrest him for the murder of his wife and his daughters and his unborn child. And they were like, "Where where are they? Where where is your family?" And he tells them. Because he's still saying that he didn't hurt the he girls. He didn't hurt the girls. He says he hurt Shanann because he's saying she that hurt right the now. girls. Ugh. Yeah. And okay. so they go to find the bodies of his family, which was Shanann and the two girls. I'm not going to get into too much grave detail about it because it hurts my heart. I'm already going to start to tear up, so I'm not going to. They do end up finding the family's bodies, and they do charge him with murder. They, they had some really, like, really intricate charges for Colorado. It was interesting hearing the charges. Like, murder of a person with confidence. Like, a parent. Really? Yeah, it was really interesting wording how they worded it. I thought that was interesting. Huh, I never heard that before. So he was charged with, I believe, five counts of first-degree murder for the wife, for his murder of Shanann, the girls, and Nico. They charged him with that, and they wanted to give him the death penalty. And her family was like, no, there's been enough death. Don't, don't do the death penalty. Just give him life in prison and we're happy with it. They were talking with the DA and he's like, do you want to cut a deal? Do you want to do? And they're like, we'll do life in prison, no death penalty. And they were doing it more so because they don't want to go through the trial. You don't want to see the photos. You don't want to get the intricate details of it. Chris took the deal because originally he thought that he wasn't going to get life in prison. He thought he was just going to, since he took a plea deal, he was going to get like, I want to say he thought he was going to get like 20, 25 years. He ended up getting life in prison. And so while he was in prison, he finally did break down and say what really happened, that he did, in fact, kill the girls as well as their mother. And he made a few confessions. After the fact, he made that main one. He made one to a pen pal of his, this one woman who was like, since he was in prison, he was like a born-again Christian. He was writing to another woman who he confessed to in the letters of what really happened. And then Finally, he did confess again to the two detectives who originally did his interrogation the very first time around. He did confess to them as well what really happened. So again, I'm not going to go into the details of it. You guys need to read the book, listen to a podcast, watch a documentary of what really happened. I don't want to go into details about it. It's a really sad and tragic story. And another it's just why? Like how? When you're not happy in a marriage, there are many ways yeah. to end it. Yes. This isn't. 
this, this isn't, isn't a way a way to do it yeah exactly listening to the book listening to how his parent how he's raised how his parents spoke about him after the fact he was truly a sociopath like he didn't have any regard for anyone but himself he never took responsibility or he just it was always somebody else like when they were in debt oh shanann was spending all this money and i didn't know about it or during the marriage she was just so controlling but i couldn't do anything about it even though he never told her what the issues were he like victimized himself he always victimized himself that's the pattern that i saw and that's what i got from from the writing of this book with nikki oh she was doing this and she was doing this but it's not me like I, i we're getting out of the marriage even when he first confessed he put all the blame on shanann she killed the girls and i had to kill her because i was so enraged it's a coward just lowest of the low piece of shit underneath another a pile of shit like you are just the lowest of the low of a human being just a monster and i think in his head till this day i still don't know if he fully like you can say i'm sorry but it just doesn't sound sincere from what i read from it that's what i got from this book like i said it was very well researched i just kind of put a broad brush over the facts there's a lot of details there's a lot of other things that happened. Um, this author did a really good job. I thought a very comprehensive overlook. I think because he, the author was going towards more of Chris's psyche about, because, you know, the title of the book is The Perfect Father. Felt that at times he did put the blame on Shanann. I don't think he was doing it out of a bias that he thought that was the issue. I think that's what he was just trying to portray. That's what Chris was thinking. But I just couldn't help feeling like there was blame put on her. Right. Because again, after this whole aftermath happened, people were like, oh, she was killed. It's so sad. But did you know that she put all their life on like Facebook and stuff? Did you know that Stop, she... Stop, people. Stop it. <laughs> I'm going to lay it here now. She was the victim. Yeah. She did not deserve what happened to her. Right. By any stretch of the imagination. Whatever happened in their marriage could have been settled with the talk a divorce therapist sessions, something could have happened here. He made the wrong decision that day and this is his fault and solely his fault. Those little girls did nothing to that man and they ended up having the same fate as their mother, which proves what a monster that he really is. That's the underlying sad part about this whole thing is that he had made his, his feelings shown. If he had made an initiative to do anything to save that marriage, Things could have gone a hell of a lot differently. To be honest, even if he never says anything, he can just walk away. Yeah, divorce, and it would have been done with. That's it. If he would have taken initiative, he would have made a different choice than what he thought was the right choice at that period of time. None of this would have happened. Um, that's my personal take on it. That was my own opinion <laughs> on this, and I'm sure that's almost everybody else's opinion. I'm going to say almost because you never know what's especially what if you thinking. get into this book. You it's, can really it was see so it. like gripping and just. It was, oh, it had me sucked in. So I'm so sorry. I just realized I got so into this book that I didn't do my about the author at the beginning. You see, this is how good this book was, guys. <laughs> you know, that's how good it was. He just had me going. I was going. I was like defending in the case over here. All right. So John Glad, he's a British true crime author. Two books such as The Golden Boy Lost and Found, Secrets in the Cellar. He has at least 30 years of experience as an investigative journalist in England as well as America. Oh, wow. So he does like this kind of, this is his forte. Almost all of his books are like true crime books. His first book was in 1981. And it's a biography of Billy Graham. I, I think you, that name will sound familiar to you. I had to Google it because I wasn't yeah. sure. It's He's an evangelist, televangelist yeah. type. Just his life and his beliefs. And although his first true crime book was For I Have Sinned, which was published in 1998. And this book is based on members of the clergy who have killed. Oh. Yeah, like different. There's about, I, I saw the title, read it. It's about five or six people and they're 
you know, priests, nuns that killed. Wow. This guy is pretty gutsy. Oh, he is. He is. He's some, and you can tell, like, very well-written, well-researched. He has appeared on TV, radio programs all over the world, like ABC, Dateline. But now he currently lives with his wife, Gail, between, they divide their time between New York and London. Years of experience. He has written, I mean, tons of books. There's just books on all sorts of cases. A few cases I know of, a few cases I don't know of. I'll probably read another one because it was, it was that gripping. Like, it was very detailed and emotionally driven. And I'm sorry, I did another Family Annihilator case, I realized. But these books that I've, I've, since I've read one true crime book, it was one of the first true crime books I've read other than um, In Cold Blood and Small Sacrifices, one of the two first true crime books that I've fully read. And Small Sacrifices was definitely a case that I've known for years because I remember hearing about that when I was a teenager. And this case is actually has a tie to me because... The day that um, she went missing and was murdered, Shanann, August the 13th is actually my birthday. Yeah. August 13th is my birthday. And I just remember, and I remember talking to you about this. I remember. You were like, what? What's going on? Because I remember hearing about this like on the news, like this poor Colorado woman was was missing with her two girls. And I'm like, oh, this can't be good. Immediately, both of us gave each other that look like. Yeah, it's the husband. It's the guilty the, husband. It's the guilty husband. So huh? that was uh, Caddy's pick. Caddy's pick, guys. That went <laughs> a lot longer than it needed to because I'm ridiculous. But I didn't want to like shorten because it's such a good book and it's such an interesting story like i couldn't help it was worth it yeah Yeah. it's worth it like i said i was gonna make a quick comment about the books that we chose when caddy said hey i'm gonna do this book called the perfect father about chris watts and the crimes and i was like oh man because i'm doing something called the guilty husband (laughs) it it was purely coincidental you're like the guilty husband the perfect father it just went together (laughs) it was almost like a theme it was a theme yeah we try not to do theme but i mean man this one but it's total like polar opposites even though it's the same type of thing but Mm -hmm. it was so different yours being a true crime and really sadistic monster to me versus mine just kind of like a Mm -hmm. i mean mine was a crime but it was like a a fun read <laughs> it was a it was fiction so it's yeah. like oh okay and then it's like oh right caddy had to be the downer on this one guys so that concludes today thank you for coming by to mm-hmm. our midway check-in because we are currently reading caddy's pick such a fun age by kylie reed give us a shout out you guys we have our website we have tiktok we have instagram, instagram. give us a review let us know what you think if you hate us love us but have a wonderful day we'll see you guys next time bye, bye.